And welcome to this week's edition of the Tom Green Podcast, where we're in November, but the temperature says it's still April, maybe? It's about 65 degrees on Friday afternoon as I record this. Unseasonably warm in south-central Michigan, I shall say. Well, that said, let's get to the previews. We got two previews this week, Michigan and Rutgers, Lions and Packers. It's been my motto since the start, since the inception of this show. When it comes to Michigan Rutgers, if I have to do a full-on preview of it, it means I'm scared they're going to lose to Rutgers. It's happened in 2014 before the inception of this show. I will continue with that tradition and simply not preview it. Michigan's going to cover the 28. Rutgers is... Even though they have the right coach and Greg Schiano, Rutgers is still Rutgers, and even though it's a night game, Michigan is just too powerful for Rutgers. So that's going to be your Michigan-Rutgers preview. Michigan 37, Rutgers 10. On the Lions-Packers, shall we? <laughs> Let's get right to the numbers. Packers are a 73% favorite to Detroit's 26.8%, 3-tenths of a percent chance of a tie. Passing yards, Aaron Rodgers, 1,800 yards, 13 touchdowns, 4 picks. Jared Goff, 1,904 yards, 12 touchdowns, 6 picks. Sadly, he's a Hall of Famer, even though I despise him and probably should take some psychedelics before talking about him. Advantage Aaron Rodgers. Rushing yards, Aaron Jones, 575 yards, one touchdown. Jamal Williams, 464 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, Even though with Swift, advantage Aaron Jones. Receiving yards, Alan Lazard, 340 yards, four touchdowns. No wide receiver listed as of 2.11 p.m. on Friday in terms of leading receiver for the Lions. So obviously, advantage Alan Lazard. Pick center, the Packers are a three-and-a-half point favorite to Lions, plus three-and-a-half, minus 190 on the money line to Green Bay. Detroit is plus 158. The over-under is 49-and-a-half. So your keys to this game, as far as both teams go. The Packers lost to the Commanders. The Lions beat the Commanders. So wouldn't you think by the transitive property that Detroit would beat Green Bay? Well, sadly, the transitive property does not work in football. Three keys to the game for Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers got to pick apart that Lions' poorest defense. Yes, they got rid of Aubrey Pleasant, the defensive backs coach. I don't think that's enough. I think they got to get rid of Aaron Glenn as well and just start over on defense. Just completely start over at this point. Matt Patricia tore that defense apart. He wanted his own defense. He didn't get enough time to do it, but he tore that defense apart to where it was porous, and that's what we're getting right now from our defense is porous defense due to Matt Patricia. Uh, So Aaron Rodgers, uh, pick apart that porous defense. Continue the running game with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Both have been successful running backs on the ground. Sometimes... uh, LaFleur should perhaps go to them maybe a little bit more as Green Bay does not have a star-wide receiver. No, Alan Lazard is not a a five-star wide receiver. Sorry, he's just not. And defense stop Goff. Give him a turnover or two. 
If you can do that, you have a fairly solid chance at winning this game. If you're Detroit, make Aaron Rodgers make mistakes. Your defense is based off turnovers, not necessarily stops. Take advantage of it. Uh, Jamal Williams find the end zone twice. Don't fumble the ball. He found the end zone once. And nobody found the end zone in the second half. So my third key is, of course, score in the second half. My God, had they scored two touchdowns in the second half, they win that game 35-31. But they scored a grand total of zero points in the second half against the Miami Dolphins. So they lost 31-21. Unfortunately, you got to score if you want to win. So you better damn well score in the second half if you're going to have a chance at winning. I apologize, 31-27. So had they scored one touchdown in the second half, even worse, had they scored one touchdown in the second half, they win that game 34-31. So score, damn it, score in the second half. If you can do that, you win. Uh, I, I, I will go with the upset this time as, like I'd said, the Lions beat the Commanders, the Packers lost to them. Give me Detroit by a field goal, 27-24. No confidence whatsoever, and my thoughts on the trade on TJ Hawkinson. I don't agree with Brad Holmes saying that even if they were 6-1, and one, they would trade Hawkinson. If they were going to trade Hawkinson, they would trade him to buy instead of to sell. So maybe he was right, maybe he was wrong. But the move makes some sense if you think about it, because... Detroit's 1-6. and six. We are likely staring dead in the face of a Week 18 regulation preview and not a Lions preview in Week 18. Simply because both teams know their f- will, probably, will probably know their fate between the Lions and the Packers, and so it would be obsolete to preview the game. So that's why I think it's an okay trade, even though it's not going to help this season. You got two first-rounders, you got two second-rounders next year. Use him wisely. Brad Holmes has used his draft picks wisely. Of course, not every draft pick develops immediately. So, I know we've waited since 1957, but unfortunately all I have to say is give it time. Because I do believe in this regime. I don't believe in Aaron Glenn. On the Pickums, as usual, 8 this week plus the bonus. Uh, 4 college, 4 NFL. Tennessee and Georgia, a number one and number three matchup uh, at Neyland Stadium. Give me Tennessee by a field goal, and it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, This is going to be a fun 3.30 matchup, SEC on CBS. Have your popcorn and pizza ready because it's going to be a shootout. Tennessee 41, Georgia 38. Alabama and LSU, whenever this game happens in football, you know what that means. It's the time change weekend. Yes. I know football, or at least I know the football schedule so much that whenever I see Alabama-LSU, I automatically think, okay, set your clocks back an hour after the game because you're going to need it. This is going to be a lot better game than people thought after week one especially after LSU lost to Florida State. But LSU has been on a roll. 
Uh, lately, in fact, to where Brian Kelly says he wants the field stormed more often. Yes, I heard that Freudian slip uh, earlier this week. But with Alabama already having one loss, their backs are against the wall. Alabama's probably going to win this game by two scores. Alabama 24, LSU 10. Texas and Kansas State. Texas with three losses, but people are still thinking they're going to make the college football playoff. And frankly, I do not know how that thought exists. Because when you have three losses, it's almost impossible. I get that one of the losses was to Alabama by a point. I get that this team is ranked. I get that the Big 12 is a decent conference, maybe better than we think. Because they're beating each other up. But I cannot justify three losses by any means in the college football playoff. By no means can I justify that. I can justify two losses because we have had a two-loss team win the national title. And that's LSU back in 2007. Yes, the same year that Rich Rod's West Virginia Mountaineers should have won it but lost in the backyard brawl to Pitt. The same year that Michigan lost to App State, but beat Tim Tebow in the Capital One Bowl. That has nothing to do with this pick, but give me Kansas State because I cannot justify a three-loss college football playoff team, so let's make it four losses before we have to start thinking of justifying it. Wake Forest at NC State. Again, Wake Forest is Wake Forest. They're a decent team. I wish Kenneth Walker III would not have transferred to Michigan State, not because of my Michigan fandom, but to see how exactly how good this Wake Forest team would have been had Kenneth Walker been on their team. Maybe they would have replaced Michigan State in that outside bubble looking in on the playoff 10 wins. Wake is Wake. NC State means trap game. I've got to go NC State because I think Wake is going to lose that game that will knock them out of the college football playoff, but they'll probably win out and go 10-2. So Winston-Salem, Wake Forest, good team, but when their backs are against the wall and the lights shine bright on them, they melt like the Lions when they're good. NC State 27, Wake Forest 20. Vegas and Jacksonville, the, the Raiders were shut out last week in the Pickums, but somehow they appear again. Something about this Jags team. They are not the 2017 Jags by any means, but they may have hired the right coach in Doug Peterson because they're playing. They're not playing horrible ball. They should have beaten Denver, frankly, and they should have won at least one more game, if I'm not mistaken, on that schedule. Um, give me the Jags by a field goal. I think the Raiders finally do find the score sheet in this game, but I think Jacksonville wins this by a field goal. The second, second or third time this year I'm picking Jacksonville. Third time this year I'm picking Jacksonville. I'm 0-2, so don't, don't necessarily believe that they are actually going to win this game. But give me the Jags. Something, something's telling me this game at TIAA Bank Stadium Something tells me they're going to pull this off. Seattle and Arizona. Seattle is a surprise team. With Geno Smith, they write him. He ain't right back. But Arizona, Arizona is a huge question mark. 
And I'm not talking about the 60s song Arizona. I'm talking about Kyler Murray's Arizona Cardinals. Big question mark. They lost to the, or no, they beat the Raiders. The Raiders lost to the Cardinals on a, on a last second touchdown weird play, then went to overtime. But this NFC West is wild, wild. Just like the wild, wild west of the 1800s. Okay, maybe not that adverse, but still you get what I mean. Give me the Cardinals by a touchdown. Seattle humbles themselves a little bit with this loss. Uh, Tennessee and Kansas City, we didn't have enough uh, closely spread games, so I added Sunday night. I think Kansas City covers. They likely go down 7 or 14 nothing to start, but they end up covering that game. I believe it's 13.5 at this point, or is it 10.5? Uh, I forget completely, but it might raise up to 13.5. I think they cover. Baltimore and New Orleans. Once again, and a tale of two Andy Daltons in, in New Orleans this time. 1 p.m. Andy Dalton is decent Andy Dalton. 8 p.m. Andy Dalton is not very good. Give me the Ravens by 10. And your bonus game. This week is Ohio State traveling to Ryan Field to face Northwestern, a team that's lost to Miami of Ohio and to Duke. So Ohio State's a 38-point favorite, as they should be. The real question is, does Northwestern score? That should be the real question in this game. Not necessarily does Ohio State cover, but does Northwestern score? I think they do, but only seven points. Give me Ohio State to cover, 52-7. to seven. So 45 points, which means another touchdown. I'd add another touchdown to that spread. And if you're Pat Fitzgerald in Northwestern, just punt the season already. Alrighty, so recap. Tennessee and Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, LSU, Alabama. Texas and Kansas State, Kansas State, Wake Forest and NC State, NC State. Vegas and Jacksonville, Jacksonville, my third time picking the Jags. Let's hope third time's a charm. Seattle and Arizona, Arizona. Uh, Tennessee and Kansas City, KC, Baltimore, New Orleans, the Ravens. Will Ohio State cover minus 38 against Northwestern? I say yes. So that's your show for this week. Next week, we're going to talk Lions, Bears, and maybe even talk a little bit about Justin Fields. Have fun this weekend, kids. And play better than I can in this pickums because I've been 500 basically most of this year. If I were better, I'd be, that'd be okay, but not in straight-up pickums. Big yikes. Have a good one, guys.